SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. It's our final edition of Vegas Sportsbook Radio in 2021. Sports Good Radio Network, Sirius 159. Go ahead, Stevie. Give it one good one to end the year. 159-er. There you go. Stevie slaps up back in the KSHB studios. Chris Wynn, Andy Isco, along with me, Brian Blessing, at the Superbook at the Westgate. And we're down here, and this place is starting to fill up. we got the games coming up in the not-too-distant future. And... Uh, we've got a bowl game that's gotten moderately interesting with Central Michigan and Washington State. 21-14, Central Michigan still has the lead. Uh, the Golden Knights game's about to drop the puck, so there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. Uh, and we're going to th- do the deep dive on the NFL schedule, and we can start. Guys, first of all, Happy New Year. Thank you both for uh, coming. It's good to see you guys. And we got Vegas and Indy. I want to get your read on this one because we're seeing – it's seven here at the Superbook, Indy's favored. There are some seven and a halfs popping up, so this is clearly a Wentz in number. Yeah, and I think that Wentz won't know his status, I believe, until he gets tested Sunday morning and he has mm-hmm. to clear the protocol. But the, the action, you know, they took the line off when it was announced that he had entered the protocol. And uh, the uh, Colts were, I think, six and a half point favorites when it came off. They put it back up with uh, the Colts, I think, two and a half point favorites. And then it, when it became, when they, the NFL had those uh, protocols, et cetera, making it five days and then, a, and then a negative test, the line went back up at six and a half. We've seen, as you say, some sevens. Um, I, I, the guess is that Wentz will be cleared to play. I think even without Wentz, it's a tough spot for the Raiders. You know, they've been, they're, they're what, 8-7? and seven? They've been outscored by 71 points this season, meaning that when they've been bad and when they've stepped up in class, they have not necessarily done all that well against the top teams that they faced uh, uh, this year. Look, two blowouts to Kansas City, and that was probably the best team that they'd faced to date. On the other hand, Indianapolis, look, they started 0-3. They could have won a couple of those games, and look what they've done since. This is a team that has made great progress throughout the entirety of the season, not just on offense, but their defense has played extremely well. I, you know, Clearly, you you wouldn't want to lay this number, I think, without Wentz, but if you believe Wentz is going to play, and you know, maybe we'll see, you may want to do it now because I would think that once it's official that he does play, this line goes up oh, everywhere over seven and may even go up to like eight, eight and a half. So uh, if, if you are of the belief, and I am of the belief that Wentz will play, I'm going to be on the uh, the Indy uh, the Indy Colts, and even if he doesn't play, maybe you want to uh, play Indy in a teaser uh, down to minus a half, minus one. Chris, this Indy team—I mean, that was a serious win for them uh, at Arizona because they had a boatload of guys that were out with COVID. Quentin Nelson didn't play; their best offensive lineman. They lost. They had nothing but backup starting the game, and they they lost two linemen during the game, and they were able to go on the road and get the win. Now, I don't know if it doesn't, it doesn't say that much about Arizona, if Arizona's just kind of come back to the pack here. But this is an Indianapolis team, man. If they're healthy and right, they are going to be a midfall. And what's crazy about it is that we talk a lot about the, you know, 
teams like the Patriots, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, and some other squads in the AFC. I mean, the Colts, I mean, are they really flying under the radar? I think so. You know, yeah, we've been praising Jonathan Taylor all season long, and we've, you know, said that uh, the Colts, when they do have all of their guns in place, when they have all their guys on the field, the, the Nelsons, as you pointed out, and uh, the rest of this team, they can be formidable against anybody in the AFC. Uh, that's going to even come to more fruition, I think, as uh, they continue to get healthier. But in this matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders, make no mistake about it, guys. This is a Raiders team that, yes, they've had won two games, you know, uh, very close ball games the last two weeks out. But they haven't been exactly a team that's been out there lighting up the scoreboard by any stretch of the imagination. And it's not going to get any easier this week against a Indianapolis Colts defense that's going to come to play. And uh, to your point, Andy, you talked about the quarterback situation. I don't, and kind of a running theme this week, right? Andy has been. There isn't that much of a drop off if Carson Wentz, for some reason, is not able to play, and they have Sam Ellinger in there at quarterback for them. It doesn't. I mean, at least in the uh, in the in the sports betting community, I don't think there is that idea that there's a huge drop off in those two guys. Well, compared to the Baltimore situation with uh, Tyler Huntley, who has some, some experience and is, I think, he impressed a lot of people during the preseason. I think Sam Ellinger also uh, was impressive uh, to a great extent in the preseason with the uh, with the Colts. So I think the Colts, you know, it's a little bit different than the situation that faced the Saints last uh, Monday night with Ian Book, okay? Uh, there were a lot of shortcomings in his game and obviously no preparation time or limited preparation time at that. Um, the, the Colts just seem to be a very complete team. Now, they are most likely going to finish second behind Tennessee. In fact, I think a win, with ten, a win by Tennessee this weekend clinches the division because they have a game lead on the Colts and they have the series uh, sweep of them. So Tennessee, uh, is, or Indianapolis rather, is going to be looking to be playing at home in the wild card. I think Tennessee, we'll get to that game later, they get the rest players next week because they play the following week. But Indianapolis, and Indianapolis is a team that is very dangerous, playing very well at the right time. Almost like Tampa Bay last year. And the reports out there, Derrick Henry maybe, maybe could get a little work in week 18. Uh, get him back, all of a sudden Tennessee becomes a player again, and they've been really flying under the radar since he had... Uh, left their roster. Hey, it is Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the Superbook at the Westgate on New Year's Eve. We're coming right back to Vegas. Continue to take a look at the games coming up in Week 17 of the NFL. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stevie, you love that cowbell. Guess what, Brian? What, I got a what, fever. Stevie? And the only prescription is more cowbell. You're getting better. I want to hear some Stevie Slapshot Christopher Walken action. That's all I want to hear. Oh, man. I mean, our buddy Chris Bavona, who <laughs> yeah. had produced the show for us, yeah. he was really good at it, wasn't he, Steve? He was the best. Yeah. I am I nowhere got a near. Fever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they've dropped the puck down at uh, T-Mobile Arena, scoreless about three minutes in. This Central Michigan-Washington State game, I mean, Central Michigan is like, do they not want the trophy? I mean, they fumbled at the five. They'd have been up 28-0. Then 
Washington State gets 14 points. Central Michigan drives right down the field. We looked up. They were at the five-yard line. We looked down, and Washington State had the ball. What, Andy, was a blocked I, I, field goal? I believe it was a blocked field goal. A little feather in the cap, though, for the Chippewas as they stopped the Cougars on fourth down. So now you get a uh, Did they? I thought change they, of they may have overruled that. Oh, did they? Yeah. No, they gave no. they gave the ball to so Central yeah. Michigan got it back. Well, on, uh, yeah. they thought they had. But, yeah. Uh, so and a little trickery here. We'll see what happens. A little end around gets about a gain of six on the play. Uh, this place is unbelievable. What are we about twenty minutes away uh, from the Bama game? We got the big screens. We got the Golden Knights game on. We've got the Central Michigan Washington State game on. Santa Anita, seventeen minutes to post. This is just a fun day. Uh, it's gonna be a fun night and then uh, the weekend should be really special hey we were really uh, starting to do the deep dive on the nfl week 17 card with the boys let me get both of your takes on cincinnati and you know how do they listen money's coming in on them now this thing i just noticed that number had been five five and a half most of the week it is four and a half here at the superbook uh so we're actually seeing a little money on the Bengals. Bengals uh, are a legitimate team. They've shown it all year. You know, they've won four of their last six. One of the losses was that overtime loss to San Francisco, scored a field goal in the first possession in overtime, gave up a touchdown on the ensuing possessions. Uh, otherwise, they, they played very well. Their statistics are very favorable as far as matching up. Kansas City... They need to win for the uh, number one seed, although Tennessee still has an outside shot. Uh, Titans trail the Chiefs by a game. Should Kansas City lose, and probably more likely you'd think that they would lose this game against the Bengals than they would their season ender against Denver, Uh, the teams would be tied, but Tennessee beat uh, Kansas City earlier in the season, so it's an important game for both of these teams. Kansas City wins out. They're the number one seed, and they get uh, by, but Cincinnati... Uh, not only in the race, well, they currently lead the AFC North, but they still have wildcard opportunities should they not win. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a uh, game that comes down to the final position. Since, uh, possession. Cincinnati has shown a lot of resiliency all year. The line is reasonable. I think that if they had made it seven, you would have had a lot of people laying it uh, or taking it with Cincinnati. If they made it three, three and a half, you'd still have people, well, especially three, you'd have people laying with Kansas City. So I think when the line was put out at five, five and a half, it basically said, let the uh, betters decide. And, you know, the one thing we don't know yet is, Chris, is the money that's coming in on Cincinnati true money? Or is it trying to get the public to come in and bet the line down even further? And then the professionals and the big money players are going to come back in and lay a shorter number with uh, with uh, Kansas City. Kansas City is the better team. But there's everything to like about the way the Bengals have played all season. It's an interesting question, AI. And, uh, look, there's a lot of reaction, obviously, to the Bengals putting up that big number offensively last week where Joe Burrow goes out there and flat out lightens it, lights it up. Uh, this is a Bengals team that can win the division with a victory against Kansas City on Sunday. And uh, there's no question that, uh, you know, that's the first time they've really been a, what, a playoff playoff team since what the Carson Palmer days uh that, that's where you're going back to yeah that was I remember when so. Marvin Lewis was head coach yeah. and Cincinnati had been to had not been to the playoffs in forever mm-hmm. they won like four or five straight years they made the playoffs I don't believe they ever won a playoff well, game remember, but remember, the franchise remember, had been turned around exactly, remember Carson yeah. Palmer had that great year mm-hmm. uh, was it one of the first plays of the game when he against the against the Steelers, the Steelers right where he got yeah. jacked up did he, 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 he throw a bomb was it a bomb for a touchdown but he blew his knee up? he aired it out I, I don't yeah I don't remember exactly what the situation was but he, yeah he, that's where he got banged up in that on that play 
And uh, obviously it was, uh, well, franchise turning for Cincinnati at that point. What do you think of the total of 50 and a half? I mean, based on what, you know, the Bengals and Burrow did last week and Mahomes being Mahomes, yeah. it's going to be, you know, like 30 degrees, maybe flurries. and Maybe it's going it's to be cold, but I don't know that it's going to completely slow these guys down. You know, it also comes into play there. Uh, Travis Kelsey was out last week with He's COVID back. protocol. Yep. He's back in the mix. So now that's one more bullet in the gun for Kansas City offensively. You know, I, I think I think it has a real chance to blow over the total. Well, maybe. you know, I, I like Cincinnati in the game. My major concern is how will they handle this young, inexperienced team, young, relatively inexperienced quarterback with a great upside. How will they handle the pressure of playing I won't say it's a must-win game, but it's close to a must-win game, especially if they have hopes of winning the division and at least hosting a, uh, a wild-card game. How will they be able to handle the pressure? They're going up against a Kansas City defense that has played extremely well now for more than a month. It's not like a two- or three-game thing. It's been about a six-game uh, thing with Spagnola, you know, the veteran defensive coordinator, uh, knowing what he's got and making adjustments. Uh, the Kansas City offense at the same time, with the exception of that game against uh, the two games against the Raiders, has not been the explosive force that uh, it was earlier in the season. As you mentioned, Kelsey now back this week. I, I could see one of two things. I could see Cincinnati not buckling under the pressure, and if indeed that is the case, they will put points up against Kansas City's defense as well as Kansas City's defense has played. That's how well Cincinnati's offense has played, especially if Burrow's making those connections. That makes uh, running back mixing even that much more uh, effective. At the same time, Kansas City should have some success against the Cincinnati defense that has played well, but you know, you add Kelsey in there, and he's, a, he's clearly a, a difference maker. I think you know, this could be parlay possibility side and total. Kansas City to the over, Cincinnati to the under. All right. What about Miami? I mean, on the run they're on, albeit who they played, we get that. But the opportunity is there in front of them to go with on the road to Tennessee. Uh, can they get the win here to set up I, the showdown in I'm, Week 18? I'm concerned about Miami. You mentioned the schedule. They've won seven in a row. Six of them were against not, not – quality foes the one impressive win that Miami had and people forget it because of how poorly the Ravens are playing right now but that Thursday night game Lamar Jackson was playing he was healthy 22 to 10 Miami won and I think that that validated at least their winning streak and of course they continued to win uh, after that but now they're uh, stepping up and facing a Tennessee team that they've been playing even when the offense has been struggling recently the defense has played well um, they've you know, they had their little midseason slump. They've now won, uh, what, uh, two, three games in a row. Can Tennessee still has an outside shot at the number one seed for, I, I think, I, we may have talked about this off the air. I don't remember if we did on the air. But uh, they trail Kansas City by one game. But they have the tiebreaker because they beat Kansas City earlier in the year. Kansas City could, I think, yeah, we did talk about it just a few minutes ago. Kansas City could conceivably lose to Cincinnati. So Tennessee has the, uh, the ability and uh, a legitimate reason to uh, to to win this game, and I think talent-wise, they match up nicely against Miami. We'll see if Tua can have the kind of success that he's been having. But again, I think to use Brian a, a horse race analogy, Miami is stepping up in class this week. Yep. And talk about a defense that flexed his muscles last week. Yes, it was against Ian Book and the New Orleans Saints, but eight sacks for that Miami defense, including the pick six for a touchdown. They have been instrumental in which the seven-game winning streak. Which for Miami. is why this could be a low-scoring game. Mm -hmm. By the way, we get the Celtics on top of the Suns, 
104 late in the fourth quarter. So we got early sporting action on ice, on the hardwoods, and we're getting really close to Cincinnati and Bama kicking it off. And we're hanging at the Superbook at the Westgate. This is a great joint. What a fun day this is. Going to be a fun Sunday in the theater for Football Central. You can watch all the NFL games on the new screens. It's a great venue. And if you get the mobile app, bet 100, get 100 when you sign up for the mobile app here at the Westgate. Coming back to Vegas in a moment, Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius 159 and AM 1400 KSHP. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sportsbook Radio from the Superbook at the Westgate on a Friday. New Year's Eve, Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. Stevie's back in the studios at AM 1400 KSHP on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius 159. Chris Wynn, Andy Isco here. They're singing the anthem, so we're getting close to the college semifinals. Booting off, boys. Here we go. The red, white, and blue proudly, and it's going to be uh, one heck of a football game, guys. No doubt. We'll see how it all shakes out, man. Both of them are intriguing for -hmm. different reasons. Yeah. Now, here you've got the group of five representative in Cincinnati going up against uh, one of the elite programs of all time, uh, you know, with what Saban and Alabama have done over the uh, past decade or plus. You almost say that this Alabama program is uh, the best program in college history considering a how much more difficult it is to recruit these days number two how difficult it is to retain players as they get into their junior and senior years and number three just the overall landscape of college football and of course the georgia michigan game is intriguing because you've got two great defenses and facing two really good offenses that are overshadowed by the uh, outstanding defense that they play and uh, it's a seven point favorite or seven and a half point favorite for georgia uh, but the way these teams are playing, you know, oh, oh, I'm I'm more willing to overlook Georgia's performance against Alabama than I am Michigan's performance against Ohio State because that was a huge game for Ohio State. And you know, you talked, Chris, about the fact that they've had almost a month off to prepare. I think that works really for both teams. Michigan has the opportunity to get over the high that they experienced after finally beating Ohio State. You know, that was uh, four weeks ago. And at the same time, Georgia had a chance to regroup and come to grips with the fact that, hey, okay, their unbeaten season is gone. They lost to Alabama, lost badly. They still have a chance to win the national champion, uh, for which they were the favorite to win for the majority of the last two-thirds of the season. So I'll ask you flat out, though, Andy. I mean, who, who has more pressure in this game? Is it the University of Michigan? Or is it Georgia, considering how the, you know, both teams, the, the season shaked out both, here at the end? Both teams have pressure. Michigan, because they've not been in this situation before. And Georgia, because they have been in this situation before. They lost just a few years ago to Alabama in the championship game in overtime. So this pressure. But I think both of these teams, they're both well-coached. I don't think the pressure, at least I would hope, and I certainly think that the pressure won't be a factor in this game. And, you know, if there's a turnover early, one of the announcers will say, well, they're feeling the pressure. I don't know. I just think that both of these teams are capable of executing so well that the team, will it be the team that makes the the more bigger plays 
or will it be the team that makes the fewer mistakes? You know, when a, when a team makes a lot of mistakes, maybe then you attribute that to pressure. When you when the team wins because they make bigger plays, it's just that that team really was well prepared and able to execute better than their opponent. Let me throw this at both of you guys. What's the most compelling championship game? Cincinnati, Michigan, I think. I think I think people may be a little tired of watching uh, the SEC. I mean, look, the, the the favorite matchup is Georgia and Alabama, and we just saw that two weeks ago. We saw it in our championship game a few seasons ago. I, I think, I mean, look, if you're in the South, it, that part of the country, yeah, you want to see Georgia-Alabama. You want to see the rematch both school bases do. Alabama wants to show that it wasn't a fluke. Georgia wants to show that that game was a fluke and they can win. And, of course, you've got the connection between Kirby Smart, the longtime assistant for Nick Saban before he got the uh, Georgia job. But at the same time, a lot of the country would like to see some new blood in there. And if it's Cincinnati and Michigan, which is not the expected matchup, you've got two teams that don't have experience. And, by the way, should Cincinnati, well, actually for both teams, should both teams pull upsets today and win and advance to the championship game, both teams will have answered questions about having to deal with the pressure of being on this stage, and both of them will still be under the pressure, the same pressure, because it'll be a new situation for both of those teams. What do you think, Chris? I'll toss this, toss this out there, Brian, and AI. I think it's Michigan and Alabama, you know, from a standpoint mm -hmm. of you got Big Ten versus the SEC in a title game. You got, you know, a blue blood in a Michigan Wolverine football program that, you know, will have the it'll have the appearance of their back, right? Because it's been so long since they've really been that Michigan team that's been in the mix with the likes of Ohio State, Alabama, and, uh, you know, Clemson, a lot of the top teams in college football. And so I think that matchup, while I I, I have to I have to admit, I kind of agree with Andy as far as the most intriguing matchup, but I'm going to go with 1A, my 1A pick being Michigan-Alabama in the final. I think I would enjoy that match matchup maybe more than a Cincinnati, although Cincinnati, again, would have the opportunity to prove that not only does a group of five team deserve to be in the college football playoff, but a group of five team can win the college football playoff. But I think, yes, Alabama and Michigan, I think, would make for a very interesting matchup because of the fact that, and of course, we don't know that one game will prove anything and this game wouldn't be that game, is that the Alabama defense doesn't appear to be as strong as it's been in years past. And, of course, Michigan, a team that they, the Michigan just seems to be right now a very complete football team. And, Brian, to Andy's point about Cincinnati, is, uh, am I being disrespectful by saying up until, you know, very recent history, this is a basketball school, right? right. Cincinnati was a basketball school, and it's not up until the last couple of years that we've been you know, talking about Bearcat football at all. Oh, by the way, with Nate Oates, Bama is now a basketball school. Yeah, this is a very good uh, program. Well, yeah, well, he did want, look, well, look at how the uh, Buffalo program has been struggling basketball-wise the last couple of years. Yeah. They, you know, Oates had him, you know, a legitimate uh, Sweet 16 team. By the way, we got a hockey goal. Nick Waugh. Pots one for Vegas. And it's one nothing. seven minutes left in the first period down at T-Mobile Arena. It's funny, these games, Stevie, you know, we're watching this. It happened the other night. Game's kind of plodding along, and then all of a sudden, four goals were scored in a minute, 16 seconds. Vegas scored, and I'm got a breakaway. It's like once the first goal scored, it's like these games just explode and open up. Yeah, there's unfortunately not a lot of, as you said, pond hockey, not a lot of defense being played right now. They'll, they'll, they'll get back into it, and for whatever reason, you know, a lot of backup goaltenders. It's not just COVID. You know, I don't know what the injury is to Leonard, but we and 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 Mom Bouquet. 
in in uh, Montreal, if that's how you pronounce his name. Remember John Mambouquet from the '67 Red Sox? Jeez, the Wayback Machine. Thank you. I'm an old guy. <laughs> so they are very close to kicking this one off. Uh, Cincy and Alabama. Let's get back to the NFL, though. I want to get your take on some of the things coming up on Sunday. What's going on with Houston? Houston's won two games in a row. Mills is becoming a lot more comfortable at the uh, quarterback position. Uh, teams may be going in to face Houston, taking that given how Houston's season has has progressed. It's a quote-unquote automatic win, which, of course, it's not. Nothing ever is in the uh, in the NFL uh, the line seems to be a little high for San Francisco. There is some concern that Garoppolo may not play, and if that's the case, I guess it would be likely that Trey Lance would play, and I think that right now he may give the 49ers uh, the better chance being fully healthy. He's now, he's, had, he's now had some limited playing experience and also some time to observe while Garoppolo's been back in there at quarterback, and I know that many teams are very high on uh, Trey Lance coming out of the draft. Uh, and, of course, the 49ers thought well enough of them to take them as highly, or as high as they did in the draft. Um, not sure I want to play on Houston, but I don't feel comfortable laying these points with the uh, 49ers. Again, I'm not one who generally feels comfortable playing big favorites at this time of the year because you don't know the mentality of the underdog. Have they given up on their season? Uh, and at the same time, the favorite is just looking to win the game uh, usually it's a playoff caliber team or a playoff bound team that's laying those big points, and so they are looking to stay healthy, you know, reduce the risk, reduce the number of plays that they have to run. Uh, and uh, there are so many more games this weekend that are competitively priced but also match up two teams that have something to play for. And in my mind, it seems that you're more likely get a, to get an honest effort out of both teams in those games before the game starts going in, you think you're going to get the honest effort. You don't know what you're going to get with a 15-point favorite or a 15-point underdog. Hey, Chris, the Ravens number, uh, this thing's starting to run now. Rams are up to five and a half. Lamar Jackson didn't practice today. Harbaugh says he's got a chance to play. That makes me think he's not playing, that comment. That, that, well, so yeah. I think he said the same thing last week. Yeah, well, the number's making you think that. I think the number may very well be based on that comment. I mean, it's a little different than the Carson Wentz situation where we saw, you know, the the movement in that game up and you know down and then back up. I think with uh, uh, with with the Harbaugh and the and the Jackson situation, it may be a little bit. Uh, you know, I you know I I don't I don't think Jim Harbaugh is in favor of, of of sports betting, but if he is, he may have been sending out a little hint there. Well, there's no question that this is a Ravens team that is not happy about having to face another high-powered passing game, right? And excuse, a team that me, has tons J- of motivation. John, John Harbaugh. Like John, yeah, Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, but it seems like this is a Ravens team that's been running into, you know, uh, teams that uh, have a lot to play for here in the last few weeks. And this is a, exactly another one of those situations. We just talked about the 49ers Texans game, right? The Niners uh, on the doorstep of the playoffs as they are able to get a win. And of course, uh, New Orleans loses to Carolina. Then San Francisco's in the playoffs. The Rams, of course, are one of those teams that's in the mix when it comes to the NFC. So I'd expect uh, the Rams to come out and uh, be highly motivated in this matchup, regardless of what well, the, per- both, the personal situation is well, with both, the Baltimore Ravens. Both teams are highly motivated because mm-hmm. ba- Baltimore season effectively rests on this game. The question is, mm-hmm. will they have the talent on the field? You know, I would, well, A, will Jackson play? And B, if he plays, will he be healthy enough to play 60 minutes? I think 
if, if I'm looking to back Baltimore, I'd much rather see Huntley play because, what, he missed because of the COVID, right? Yeah. So he's fully healthy, and I think at this point he, he looked pretty good. I think he would give them a better chance of beating the Rams. What a difference a month makes. I mean, Baltimore, they were they look like they're on the fast track to home field advantage in the playoffs, and now they got one foot in the grave and the other in a banana peel. All right, we're coming back to Vegas. We're at the Superbook at the Westgate. Since he's taken the field, Bama's now coming on the field. We're just about ready to kick it off. Coming back on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, inviting you to keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Hanging at the Superbook at the Westgate. We got another hockey goal. Vegas has potted another one. Looks like, uh, is it Brooks or Amadio got that? Brooks. Brooks gets the yep. goal. Vegas up 2-0 in the first period. The Oilers game's a track meet. 5-4 is the score in that one. Lots of goals. And away we go. Look at this. <laughs> Cincinnati's all jacked up for the opening kickoff. We'll see how jacked they are in about 10 minutes, but let's see if they can really have something to say in the matter here. But the game has been officially started. It's a touchback. Bama will get the ball for the first time on offense. Brian Blessing with Chris Wynn and Andy Isco. We're at the Super Bowl at the Westgate. Thank you, Jake Cornegay, everybody here. Uh, we just love coming down here. It's such a cool place. Football Central Sunday is a great place to watch the NFL games, the mobile app here. At the Westgate, great offerings, by the way. Jeff Sherman, golf's coming next week. I can't wait. We get the uh, Kapalua, the Tournament of Champions. They get a brand-new golf season. The one that gets decided in the twilight. I love that. When I was back east, I loved it. I mean, it was like, you know, 10 at night. I got golf on TV at night. But That's a great event. That's a bucket league. I want to play Kapalua. I want to play that course. So here we go. First place, Bama. Well, let me First ask you, did, game, did, uh, did your uh, exacta pay enough to uh, pay for a trip to Kapalua? No, but it paid well. <laughs> just, no. Cap, I, I think it's like 500 bucks to play the course. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty swank joint. All right, so we just get the fun started. Bam has got the ball, and it's going to be a third and one, it looks like, just underway. The little feeling out process, and... How important do you think the first five minutes of this game is for Cincinnati? Very important. I think they don't want to get burned on any big plays. If they can, if they can hold Alabama to a three and out or maybe one, no more two first downs, I think that would be a very good sign. I don't think there's any question. It's big time for a team like Cincinnati because look, guys, we haven't really talked about what the worst case scenario could be, right? Which would be that the Bearcats get absolutely just slaughtered by Alabama, right? A kind of a situation like Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game, then, uh, you know, a lot of speculation would go down regarding. I, I think it depends group on how one, yeah. how the, a, a slaughter like that would play out. For example, and we were talking during the break, let's say Bama's up uh, 24-13 uh, late third quarter, and then they put up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and make it to, what, 45-13, something like that. So it looks like it's one-sided. 
and people will use that as an argument that, uh, see, the Group of Five team didn't belong, and other people will say, hey, they competed with the national champion after winning, a, you know, after having that great season, they competed with the national champion for 45 minutes, which means that maybe they're just a couple of players short, maybe a little bit of depth short to go up with them. So, uh, you know, if, if Alabama's up, you know, 45 to 6 going into the fourth quarter, that's one thing. If it's a much more competitive game with a one-sided score, I think you can make the case that uh, Cincinnati will run. Look, we've, we've seen teams like Notre Dame get blown out in these uh, conference, in these championship, uh, uh, not championship, but the, the right. semifinals. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, for Cincinnati to do it, they would just join the list of a number of teams that got blown out. But, again, if it's a competitive blowout, and I know that sounds like an oxymoron, uh, the, the perception will be a little different. Yeah, my Michigan State Spartans in the very first college football playoff. Was that 35 uh, like nothing or something? Got absolutely destroyed by Alabama in that game. So, uh, yeah, it does happen, AI, without question. Bama on the march. A couple of off-tackle plays, pretty quiet, but a couple of decent plays now. A little inter around here, the jet sweep. And Bama's got it in Cincinnati territory at the 35-yard line. Looking to put points on the board with their first possession just underway. And a gaping hole and a good solid run of about six. So, Bama, that, that's the one thing you know here. In the trenches, on both sides of the ball, you know those guys are playing in the NFL. Well, just the caliber of athletes, right, guys? You're talking about at a program like Alabama as opposed to Cincinnati. Yes, Cincinnati has been formidable all year long, and we're, we're talking about a team that's in the top five in oh. America. But you're, when you're from a talent standpoint, right, AI? I mean, it's just it, it just, uh, they're up against it. Notice how quickly Alabama is running their plays, maybe to catch Cincinnati a little off guard, maybe to wear them down early in the game. Let's see if uh, if that continues. So far, they're having success with it. I mean, I think the last play they snapped with about 24, 25 seconds left. Maybe the officials helping them out a little bit uh, with the change. But no personnel. great flash here. I mean, I think Saban sending a message. Let's find out how you stack up against us physically right out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've already had, I think, uh, what, one penalty? Did we have, what was it? I think there was an offside on Cincinnati a little earlier in the drive. But uh, so far, Alabama is doing what Alabama does. Again, we talk about uh, the preparation time, and few have been better. I, mean, I think Joe Paterno was another one because he had such great success in bowl games after having extended time to prepare. And Nick Saban is right up there, and perhaps you could argue surpass it because of the number of big games that he's had to prepare for, that, meaning he's been playing that is a big for part of bigger that, opponents. That's a big part of the handicap, Chris, from bowl season. The coaches that have guys with extra time to prepare can dial things up. Well, especially when you're talking about the likes of uh, Nick Saban, right, going against uh, you know someone who's relatively inexperienced when it comes to big-time playoff college football games and Luke Fickle, right, for Cincinnati. It's a little bit of a difference well, Fickle from, did a, it. from an experience standpoint. He did spend some time yeah. at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, he's been affiliated at, uh, you know, a high coaching level. Uh, you know, what was he, an assistant there? I think he was an interim coach there at one point, too, wasn't he? I believe Fickle? so, yeah. So he's he got some experience, but it's uh, it does not compare to the experience that uh, uh, that Saban has. There's no question about it, guys. This Cincinnati Bearcat defense is going to have to have a bend, but don't break it's being mentality. Tested right now. And it's going to be tested right here out of the gate against the Crimson Tide. Well, and then and then let's see what Cincinnati. Let's let's for a moment consider that Alabama is going to score probably a touchdown. If they if Cincinnati can hold them to a field goal, that's sort of a win for Cincinnati. Then then we have to see how Cincinnati's offense uh, performs and responds being down very early in the game. Yeah, second and one from the 11, first drive of the game. Alabama's just kind of running it down Cincinnati's throat here at the moment. They'll keep it on the ground and get a first down. So it'll be first and goal 
at about the nine. And let's see what's going on in that Central Michigan game. I know that uh, I think Washington didn't Washington State just make a first down on fourth down. It's tw- so the Cougars have the ball then. I believe so. Okay, so. Uh, looks like the quarterback's off the field now. I don't know. If the, now it looks like uh, looks like Central Michigan's going to get the ball yeah, yet. Maybe they went for it on fourth down on the next uh, on the next uh, series of downs. And by the way, guys, this is an Alabama team that's been efficient already on the ground. You're talking about 10 carries for 62 yards, and then they got the passing touchdown now to take the lead. Seven nothing, yeah. Bama. It's a touchdown. Run, 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 run. Yeah. Sets up the pass. Yeah, all, all kinds of action on the ground there for Alabama in that first drive. Yeah, they just showed some. Cincinnati fans in the stands. Uh, boy, those faces were pretty forlorn. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, we're in the deep end of the pool here. So, so I, I don't know what, what's a worse start for Cincinnati. What happened? Or if they had scored like on a 67-yard run or pass play. You know, they were both pretty bad. But I think I think this may be even more dangerous because that shows that Alabama is early winning the battle of the line of scrimmage. I believe Cincinnati won the toss deferred. So they get the ball to start the second half. But that's a tough one, boy. When you, okay, you, you, you want to get that stop, and then that decision can really reap rewards for you down the road. But when they go down the field and score like that, it can be pretty pretty tough. I got to say, AI, it was probably worse this way because it's like the lumberjack, you know, just hammering away at the tree with his axe, you know, <laughs> multiple times as opposed to just one and shot that, that's where they wears, go down the field, you know. That, that's what wears you down for the second half where – if the game is somewhat competitive, the fact that Cincinnati's defense will have been on the field for so long and taking all that punishment, you know, Alabama. That that see that's where the scenario comes down. Now, uh, it's not looking good right now, based on one drive playing Cincinnati in the under on the in the first half. Things will settle down a little bit, but we talked before kickoff where the pressure was, and I think we all agree that the pressure was more on Cincinnati. Alabama's comfortable in almost any situation. Cincinnati, this is their first opportunity. To uh, to really be on the national stage in a in well, a very Andy, important game. you know these guys, they script out their first series, and this is a literally we're just underway. But how big is this for this Bearcats offense to do not go three and out? This is a very big possession coming up here when they come back. Yeah, even if they go get two or three first downs, make it out to say midfield of forty, and have to punt it to Alabama. I won't say it's a win, but it's not a loss. If you're Cincinnati, you're going to have to have Ritter, Ford, Scott, these guys, you know, on their offense. They're going to need take to get chances. clicking here. Yeah, they're going to have to they're gonna probably throw, probably roll the dice a little bit, yeah, right? I was say, From an throw the out. Yeah. You know, what in in their mind, they may have to be in the mindset of what is Alabama what is Alabama expecting us to do? And let's do something different. Let's loosen up that Alabama defense. Let's see if we can get them thinking that we're not going to do uh, what, let's say, what we've done in the past to start games. I think that that's because, you know, a split second, half second is so vital. If they can confuse that defense for just a split second, that's often the difference between execution and failure on a play. I think it's pretty clear, guys, right, that uh, if the Bearcats are going to win this football game, it's going to have to be in the, you know, 35 to, you know, 30 type of score. It's not going to be one of those, uh, you know, 24-17 type games. uh, It's one thing to make adjustments, but you just got punched in the mouth pretty hard there. 
no question about it. So that and this is uh, you know this Central Michigan by the way held on to defeat Washington State 24. Yeah. 21 so another bowl upset for the underdog and uh, Chris for your Mac conference looking much better this season than uh, in past years yeah the, the likes of uh, Dan, Dan Marley and uh, Antonio Brown and the guys are probably celebrating right now <laughs> my, my, my Chippewa alumni thrown out there you know, hey so. real quick uh, before we go to break Arizona and Dallas Dallas is six-point favorite Sunday the totals 51 what's going on what are you making of Arizona at the moment well I find it very hard to back them. I thought last week, coming off of those two losses, uh, the Rams, and then the, well, you have to be honest, embarrassing loss to Detroit, because mm-hmm. uh, that was just a blowout. That wasn't like a last-second field goal or something. Yeah. That last week against Arizona, okay, we're back home. We're playing a good team. We're going to face, if we're going to be in the playoffs, we're going to face nothing but good teams. And they really did not look like uh, a very good team from the start. Remember, this team started 7-0, and and now they're in a, in a a deep dive. Now, historically, and I think a lot of the metrics and things like that might suggest that Arizona is a take right now. There's a little bit of inflation considering what uh, Dallas did to Washington last Sunday night, 56-14. Um, I just, I don't know that I can play Dallas. Maybe I put him in a, in a teaser or something. Is what, six and a half down to a half or something like that. But I, I just can't feel comfortable backing Arizona because to me, and I played Arizona last week, last week was the game for Arizona to show we are still in this thing. Don't write us off. We've seen other teams like Arizona this year in that situation who were able to answer the call. Other teams were not able to answer the call. And unfortunately, Arizona's great start is a distant memory right now. Uh, I'll sit back and watch this game. This is a Cardinals team that's puzzling, right? Because you look at them, particularly on, from an offensive standpoint, you like Edmonds and Connor back there in the backfield, right? You like what they bring to the table as far as the receiving core. And then when Kyler Murray is healthy and out there and playing, you like what they can do. But this is an Arizona team that absolutely, you know, backed into the playoffs last week. You know, the Rams winning that game got Arizona into the game. I, uh, and this is a Dallas team that is uh, rolling along right now. Dak Prescott played big time last week, and I expect Dallas to uh, continue that going into Week 17. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, some of these teams may start resting guys a little bit if they get big leads with those big numbers. All right, we're going to step aside, come back, and put a lid on it for the year on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We are having a ball. The game's underway. Cincinnati, third and one, their first possession. We'll come back, give you an update on the Bearcats drive. Keep it right here. Coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is awesome. we got the football game on, the hockey game on, horse racing. What a great venue. Football Central on Sundays. Jay Cornegay. Rolls out the carpet for a great place to watch all the NFL games. Brian Blessing, glad to be down here. Uh, Stevie's back in the studio. Hey, listen, I want to wish everybody a very happy new year. We're going to be doing Vegas Hockey Island locally. Chris Wynn sticking around, Stevie and I. Uh, locally, KSHP.com, there's a listen live function. But I want to thank everybody at the Sports Grid Radio Network, Mike Cardano, the entire team there. It's been a very fun year. Really excited to be part of that uh, opportunity with these folks and by the way Cincinnati making a march inside the 10-yard line is going to be first and goal at the nine but I want to thank everybody again it's been a great year and we'll be back on Monday with a brand new year and we get going and we'll really start 
turning the corner towards uh, the NFL playoffs. This football game, a little bit interesting, boys. Chris Wien and Andy Isco are here. Big drive, right? I mean, they had an answer. And now, they, like you said it, Andy, they got to cash in. They have to cash in, but at least they have to be pleased with what they are doing as far as moving the ball on their first possession. I want to wish you, Brian, Chris, all of our listening audience, a very happy, healthy, safe, and prosperous New Year. And let's have 2022 just be outstanding. It's the same to both of you. And uh, don't get too rowdy tonight, gentlemen, because I know, you know, you got probably something big time planned on the docket. So calm it down. Well, Andy's watching Jeopardy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. is, is doing laundry big time? Exactly. It could be, I guess, right? Doing laundry? He's <laughs> got something planned for tonight. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a plan. That's after Jeopardy. Andy's a man with a plan. Happy New Year, Stevie. Happy New Year, boys. All right. I want to thank Jake Cornegay, everybody here at the Superbook at the Westgate. This place is spectacular. We love coming down here doing the shows. By the way, when you're talking about New Year's Day, that means the props and the Super Bowl aren't that far away. And this is the joint. These folks know what they're doing when it comes to that. We've had a great time here. And I hope, again, everybody, as Chris alluded to, have fun, stay safe, enjoy the New Year's Eve celebration, and let's enjoy these football games today. It's going to be a fun day the rest of the way. Thanks to everybody out there, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, and our friends, and everybody at KSHP, uh, Mark, Renee, everybody, Michelle there, Gracie. I want to thank them for what's been a fun year. Folks, Happy New Year. The Winning Edge is not just a winning sports gaming strategy. It's also the thing that keeps the wife happy and your kids in quiet awe. Ah. 